Okay, hi. Good evening. We're learning Parashat Chukat. And our specific topic is Nachash Anachoshet, the copper snake that Moshe Rabbeinu made and uh, which served uh, to cure the people of Israel had, that had been bitten by a snake. Let's look at the Psukim. They went to Bnei Israel from Horahar. Horahar is the name of the place that Aaron died in. So it's of great importance, even though today we don't know exactly where that is. But we know that the name Horahar is important. Uh, and sometimes death uh, is of great significance and creates. A, a greater dedication to whatever the project is. They went kind of parallel to Yam Suf, to the Sea of Reeds. And then it says, Lisbov at Eretz Edom. Eretz Edom was closer, the Edomites were closer to Eretz Canaan, and they went around the Edomites. In other words, they went away from Eretz Kenan. Vatikzar nefesh ha'am baderech. Vatikzar nefesh ha'am baderech. And I mean, it's a it's an interesting combination of words: shortness, soul, the soul of the people, because of the of the way. It's, it means they were tired. The people were tired. They were exhausted from moving around. Let's see how Rashi explains it. You see the last Rashi on this pasuk. Rashi says, simple. You know, whenever you travel, it takes a certain kind of effort. It takes a certain effort to travel. Just one second. This is where we are. Traveling is difficult. It became difficult for them. Amru. They said to themselves and to each other, We were actually close to our goal, coming to Eretz Kinaan. Right, va'anu chazrim la'achorenu ha'chazru avoteinu. As we have now reversed. So, if you if you just remember the Rashi, and you see that what did what was going on in the book of Bamidbar? What is it that we have to hear again and again? about the difficulties that B'nai Israel had, the lack of trust that they exhibited, the difficulty that they had with Moshe Rabbeinu. What was that all about? What was that all about? So if you think that everything that you're doing and everything that is taking place and everything that 
you are thinking about is the fact that the promise made originally to Avraham Avinu by a Baruch was not being was not being kept. The promise was not being kept. Well, how do I know it's not being kept? Because instead of going right into Eretz Canaan, they're going around about and taking themselves further away from Eretz Canaan. Imagine that. What I mean to say is that there was this ongoing struggle for B'nai Israel in the desert. What's happening tomorrow? Can we have faith and depend on the fact that a Baruch who promised originally Avram Avinu that the land would be his and the progeny would be born? Can we trust that that's what's happening? So everything became a, a, a deal. So they went around the land of Edom and they went around the land of Edom because the Edomites were not happy about seeing the people of Israel coming to capture the land of Canaan. So we wanted to stay out of their way. So in order to stay out of the way, we had to go around. We had to go around. Now look. So it's Amru, Rashi, Amru, just a second. Here it is. They said to themselves, We were almost there. We were almost in Eretz. Israel, after all the years of wandering on the desert, etc. And now we are going backwards. So it's not only going backwards, it means we're going away from the promise. We're going away from the promise that HaKadosh Baruch Hu made. Kein chazru avotenu v'nishtahu shloshim shana ad and it was the, our, because of our forefathers that we were in the desert for 38 years. And we were at the end, at the end of the punishment time, we were almost up to Eretz Kedan. Now we're going back. Lefikach, Rashi says, Katsa nafsham, Lefikach, Katsra nafsham, Be'inui haderech. That's why the road became so oppressive. Even though, you know, if they were in a happier mood, it wouldn't have been so difficult. They were eating the man, they were drinking from the well of Miriam, they were being led by the the cloud and, and the pillar of fire. I mean, what's so difficult here? What's so difficult? Difficult here. It was really unbearable. Unbearable. It's certainly not true that they felt the way they felt because they were on the road. And the Torah doesn't explain why they felt that way. Says, Rashi, Rashi like was wonders. Says this this kind of phrase, their soul was was shortened. They had no patience 
So in other places, the Torah explains what it was, right, that did it. And so he quotes some examples, and then he says this, Anything that is really difficult, Anything that is difficult can be called in Hebrew, in the Hebrew of the Chumash, Kitsur Nefesh, shorten your soul. Like a person who suddenly finds himself with a difficult task, and it's difficult for him to accomplish it. I mean, all these kinds of ways of say of saying it, Klomar, Shal Pirush Kol Lashon Katsar Nefesh Bedavar, Lashon She'en Yachol Lisovlo. It's like really something impossible. She'en Adat Sovlo. She'en Adat Sovlo. So what Rashi is trying to help us understand that even though B'nai Yisrael lived in the desert in a wondrous manner, wondrous meaning uh, uh, they ate and they drank and they they had whatever they needed. Uh, the food was miraculous. The, the, the events were under total control of Moshe Rabbeinu and the elders. What was it that they had to complain about? And so I think that what Rashi is pointing to and what seems to make sense to me is where are they going? Are they going in the direction of the, of the promise? Or are they kind of going in against the direction of the promise? And that's why it was so important that the Torah mentioned that they went around the land of Edom because by going around the land of Edom, they were actually going further away from the from the promised from the promised land. Right. We, the next pasuk says, and they came to Moshe Rabbeinu. I'm sorry. Again, by the way, Ha'am by the bear Ha'am which I guess means that they spoke against God, Uve Moshe, just by mentioning Elohim and Moshe in the same, like they're sort of in the same uh, group. Uh, and we have to be opposed to both of them together, itself is heretical because God stands alone. And so what did the people say by Yidabeham? They had a complaint, and their complaint was Lama Elitudum in Mitzrayim. They don't remember that they were slaves in Mitzrayim, Lamut Bamidbar, to die here in the desert, ki ein lechem ve'ein mayim v'nafshenu katza v'lechem haklokel. There's no bread and there's no water. Our soul is not able to bear it, to bear the lechem. Lechem here probably means food. Aklokel, Rashi will tell us what that means. A food that's, that's a little strange, different. 
I don't understand. Don't they remember that Mitzrayim, they were slaves? And what do you mean, Lamut Bamidbar? They didn't die in Mitzrayim. They all died a natural death in the Midbar. That's why it took 38 years. So I think that what, you know, sometimes your memory plays a trick on you. Slavery, slavery could exist in part because there was an agreement, an unwritten agreement between the slaves on the one hand and the masters of the slaves on the other hand. The master of the slaves, you know, they had big enterprises and lots of slaves under their jurisdiction. They, they couldn't put up policemen on every corner. They couldn't make everybody, everybody into a serious enemy who had to be controlled. So what they did was, they sort of made unwritten deals. Unwritten deals would say, let's say, we'll give you stability, you give us the work. Or as the Rambam says, we'll give you the tribe of Levi to sit and learn in the Kolel. Everybody else has to work. And, that, and a deal of that kind, a deal of that kind made sense to the people. So what are they saying to Moshe Rabbeinu, right? They're saying, The Midbar is a place that you don't see your destination. You don't see the order of things. You can't really live in the desert. When we're in the desert, we think of Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim was a great country. It, it, it was led by people who knew about administration. They knew about how to make things how to make things work as they should. So we had that in Mitzrayim. We've lost that in Yitziat Mitzrayim. We've lost it. Rashi says, Rashi says, Belohim uh, Moshe, Rashi notices it, notices that there's something wrong. They kind of equal, they equalized the slave, Moshe Rabbeinu, and his, his, uh, his boss, Ebed Vikono. Lama Ha'elitanu, Lama Ha'elitanu, plural, you, plural, brought us, they have Shavim, they're both equal, Moshe and Elohim. They brought us out of Mitzrayim together, the two of them. Nafshenu Katsa, Afzelishon Kitsur Nefesh Umaus. This is also to be understood as being something disgusting. Why were they disgusted? Because there was no order. Specifically, they mentioned the Lechem and the Mayim and the Lechem, the Lechem Haklokel, Lechem Haklokel Rashi. Since the man that they ate disappeared into the into the body of the eater, yeah, there was no there was no waste. Amru atid aman aze 
שיטפח במעינו. And so they said, they thought to themselves, where did it go? Where is this man? So eventually they said, if you eat a lot of man, you get, uh, you get uh, uh, an unfortunate uh, problem is created and, and it will, uh, it, it, it'll explode in my intestines. Klum is there is it possible that you eat but you don't have to ever defecate I mean it's impossible so what must be what must we be faced with a delay we're eating but delaying uh, eventually it's going to be a disaster it'll be really really terrible in in, in other words, you could always turn the goodness into bad. After all, what was the man? The man was delicious, edible, available. It was always there. You didn't have to do it. You didn't have to work for it. You didn't have to go to the supermarket. You didn't have to do anything the way. And so Rashi says, it was, it was turned around. It was turned around, even though you could have said that man is something very special, and no matter how much you eat, you never have to uh, expel it from your body. They said, no, sorry, of course you have to expel it. Everybody who's alive has has uh, bowel movements. So we'll have that also. But when we have it, it's going to create a disaster because it'll be after such a long, a long period of time. A long period of time. As Velechem Haklokel, Klum Yeshiludi Shaj Machnisme no Motsi. Is there somebody, is there a creation, a person who was created, the, the uh, born of a woman that eats food but doesn't defecate anything? No, it can't be. In other words, you could, you see, you're looking at the same picture. But you see something totally different. You see something totally different. I mean, it was great in Mitzrayim. We we can't wait to go back. We we're we're convinced that you have led us astray. Ah, it's good. The man is good. The water is good. Everything is good. So, yeah, but if you look carefully, you'll see it's not so good. It's not what we want. It's not that kind of that kind of good. Not that kind of good. So there you have it. That's the background. The background of the story. B'nai Israel complaining. They complain all the time. And they, they're also uh, uh, theologically on the verge of heresy by comparing Moshe Rabbeinu and Elohim, saying they're the same. That's a kind of heretical statement. Vayishalach Hashem Ba'am and God sent the Nechashim Asrafim Am. They sent the snakes and the snakes bit bit the people Vayamot Amrav and they were apparently uh, the kinds of snakes that are dangerous. A great number of people died. Israel of the Israelites. 
So we don't know exactly. We don't know. I mean, it says in the Pasuk, Anechashim Hasrafim. Nechashim Hasrafim is difficult. Nechashim, I, I, I understand. We, we know about a Nechash, but what are the Srafim? And what are Nechashim Hasrafim? If the word Srafim is a modifier, and modifies Nechashim, Nechashim, what kind of Nechashim? The Srafim kind. But we don't know exactly what that is. And then, so we don't know why they were killed in that way, but it may be that the continuation will explain it to us. So let's look at the Rashi. Yeah. You see the Rashi? Eris is poison. The poison that comes out of their teeth. They're nechashim like that, that burn you up. That's part of the, the, the path to expiration, to death. So nechashim srafim, what he sent was nechashim. What kind of nechashim? The srafim kind of nechashim. What do they do? They're very, very deadly. Very deadly. They, they bit into the people. Yevon achashelaka al hotzaat diba v'yipara b'motzi'ei diba. Let's think. The pasuk says about a a nachash that was uh, beaten because was punished because he said things that were un. Acceptable, we parame motza e diba, and he should, they will become, he will be punished by motza e diba. Yavon achash explanation, shekol haminim nit amim lo tam echad, we parame kuyetova. So that's like, a, like there's a subtext that has to do with the, the relationship between. The Nachash and those who were damaged by the Nachash. Shedavar Echad Mishtanelahem Likama Ta'amim. Okay. Okay, let's, let's go. We'll leave the subtext out for the time. If we have time later, we'll do it again. Pasuk Zion. Pasuk Zion, where's Pasuk Zion? <clears throat> Here it is. Pasuk Zion. Okay, back to the to the text in the Chumash. It says, Moshe Huh? So the people are getting are getting uh, bitten, and that many of them are dying. So they go, they they elect a group to go to Moshe Rabbeinu to say, Chatanu, we have sinned. Ki dibarnu b'ashem 
ובבח התפלל אל השם ויסר מעלינו את הנחש. So please turn to God. Pray that he removes the snake from us. ויתפלל משה בעד העם. ויאמר השם אל משה פסוק חט חט. ויאמר השם אל משה, השם ספוק to משה, to משה, say לך שרף. ושים אותו על נס, make a שרף. Again, now שרף is the noun. It's the thing that we're talking about. ושים אותו על נס. Put it on a, a banner. Make a, like a flag. Put the, the, uh, שרף on a banner. ויקול על השוק ראותו וחייבד who is, who is, was bitten, will see it, and will not die. He will live. Pasuk tet, the last pasuk, v'yas Moshe nechash nechoshet. And Moshe Rabbeinu, either according to the tzivui, or he added something that was not in the tzivui, the tzivui was to build a saraf, and he built nechash nechoshet, or maybe it's the same thing. Maybe. Maybe Moshe Rabbeinu understood exactly what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent him Saraf, he knew he meant Nechash Nechoshet. But we know that Moshe Rabbeinu said something, made something, and he put that Al Hanes. He made it into kind of a flag or holding up something on a post, right? Vayesimehu Al Hanes. He put the Nasaraf on the Nes. ויאם נחש נשך הנחש את איש, right? If the snake bit somebody, a bit אל נחש הנחושת וחי. He could look at the נחש הנחושת וחי. And we don't understand. We don't understand. I mean, they did something terrible. They were punished by snakes. Hashem didn't want the punishment to go on, so the snakes could have disappeared. But instead, he created this kind of method that was not exactly medical, but was possible. You have a nachash nechoshet, you go, and if you don't feel well, you go look at the nachash nechoshet, and then somehow, somehow you're going to be cured. But from the point of view of Hashem, what do we need this rigmarole for? The guy could have just pulled it off. No more nachash, no more biting, no more do that. We've done it. It's happened enough for our for our people. Let's look at the Rashi at the Rashi at the end. Rashi at the end. Al nes, pasukhet. A nes is like a flag, like something on a pole. Al kuntz, shekorin piruka, right? Some kind of a stick. Koron nes, kol ha nashuch, all the people who were bit. 
אפילו כלב או חמור, נושכו היה ניזוק ומתנונה והולך. Even the animals. אלא שנשיכת הנחש ממהרת להמית. But we know that the, the bite that the uh, snake inflict, inflicts uh, is deadly. לכן נאמר כאן, ראה אותו, therefore it says here, and he said, look at it, you'll see it. ראייה באלמה, a regular kind of, uh, kind of looking. ובנשיכת הנחש נאמר, והביט, doesn't say נראה, but it says, הביט והיה עם נשך הנחש את איש, והביט. As the word he beat, that's like a powerful word. It, it did not, was not cured quickly. There you have it. So Rashi is adding an element. It's not that the ness, uh, that the nechasha nechoshet, that the copper snake is affecting a cure, but the copper snake is something that creates a mabat of kavana, of special intention. Va'amru rabotenu, And we remember the Mishnah in Rosh Hashanah, v'chi nachash me'mit al mechayeh. I mean, what do you mean you look at the nachash? Chazal. You look at it at the nachash, what you're going to see, you're going to see a nachash, but it's not going to make you well. And the language of Chazal is, you see it, v'chi nachash me'mit. Whoever heard of that? Nachash me'mit. talking about the nachash on the copper, the copper nachash. Ela bizman shayu Yisrael mistaklin klapei malo, but when B'nai Yisrael are kind of induced to look up to heaven, because to look up to heaven means that they will be dependent on heaven, and they place their hearts in servitude to Aviyam Sheba Shemaim, Ayumitrapim. So, again, again he says, he, Rashi, says the story doesn't make any sense. Why would it be that they somehow they would give magical powers to the Nechash and Nechoshet? We would kind of arrange it so that the Nechash and Nechoshet would be able to affect the cure. I mean, that really doesn't, that doesn't make any any sense at all. It doesn't make any sense at all. So Rachel says, no, it's not the Nachash and the Choshet. It's not the Nachash and the Choshet. It's, it's how they are, how they feel. It was, they, they, they have to sort of convince Hashem that, that they're with him. 
that they accept the idea that there's a future for Am Israel. They understand that the that the uh, uh, they understand that the promise will be kept, that Am Israel will be fulfilled, that the future will be different than the present. And that coming to Eretz Canaan is going to be obviously worth it. So, in the story of three parts, right? Part one, B'nai Yisrael sinned. I mean, they sinned because they didn't understand where they were and what they were part of. What the process that was happening to them was really under the direction of heaven. They didn't understand that. And so they came to Moshe Rabbeinu to complain about him and, uh, and Hashem, as though Elohim and Moshe are kind of leaders, tour guides. They're going to get you to Eretz Canaan. And they didn't realize that, that everything that happened to them from the time of Yaakov Avinu until now, until this very time, when they're running away from the Edomites and trying to make sure that they are, uh, they, they'll be alive when they come to Eretz Kinan, says all, all, all of that shook their belief in the promise. They could not understand that in spite of all the things that were happening, God was steadfast about the, the promise. And so, God said, you can't cure that, but they have to change. They have to become people, people who believe in the promise. I'm sorry, is it possible to imagine that kind of idolatry? That's real idolatry. Because idolatry is about manipulating the, the symbols of power to your advantage. So if you say that there's a nachash or a nachash saraf, you say that those things really have power and they can work in your favor, they can work in your favor. So, so we have to understand we understand that that power and that favor is something that really comes from Hashem. It comes from God. It doesn't come, even though in the world that they lived in, there was this multiplicity of gods, which we've heard about. We've heard about Abram's father, and then we heard about Lavan, and then we heard about Esau. We heard about it. And that, well, of course, we heard about Mitzrayim. We heard about, and, and, and B'nai Israel were enjoined to get themselves out of that limited conception, and they were not able to do that. Not able to do that. It may be that this all carries on into the world of the book of Shoftim, which includes the fact over and over and over again that B'nai Israel in the good times, were not able to rid themselves of the possibility that they had to serve a multiplicity of gods. Multiplicity of gods. And we know the other half of the Mishnah, we know that the other half of the Mishnah 
is in the parish of Amalek. Is in the parish of Amalek. But before we get to the parish of Amalek, I want to make sure that you know this, the Pasuk. I think it's on the second, there's a second page. Is this? So here, Lachim Bed Perakut Ched Pasuk Pasuk Dalit. It's about Chizkiyahu Melech, a summarizing Pasuk. Chizkiyahu Melech was a positive, good, firm king in Israel. His father wasn't that, and his sons weren't that, but he was. He was, and listen to what the Pasuk in Malachim Bet says about Chizkiyahu Melech. Who a seer at Habamot. He got rid of all the high places of which sacrifices were given. People gave sacrifices all the time outside of the Beit HaMikdash. So he seer at Habamot. He got rid of these high places. V'shiber et Hamat And he broke, broke the images that were, that were put up. Bekarat et ha'asherah, and he cut down the asherah, which was a tree that was that was served by various idolatry. Bechitat nechash anechoshet, and he destroyed the nechash anechoshet was built by Moshe Rabbeinu Hashem Sam Moshe. And Moshe Rabbeinu himself made ki adayamim ha'ema until those days hoyubene Yisrael mekatrim lo vayikralo nechushtan. So vayikralo nechushtan, that's what they called it, nechushtan, like the word nechash with, with an ending. Vayikralo nechushtan, it was like friendly. They were close. It was difficult for Yechezkel to do it. People liked the nechash nechoshet. It was a, like a mazel. It gave them it gave them positive feelings about their own situation. But the Chizkiyahu Amelech understood that we're talking about an ideological tendency, a tendency to idolatry. And even though it was made by Moshe Rabbeinu, and it was made to cure the people who are who are undergoing who are undergoing the sickness of being bitten by the by the snake, all of those things, nevertheless, it turned out to be something unacceptable, unacceptable in the tradition, unacceptable in the the world of of, of idolatry. And so Chizkiyahu HaMelech ordered that it should be destroyed. And in the manner of uh, such things, I imagine what that means is that there were Kohanim, there were people in the Beit HaMikdash, there were people around the king who were willing to accept his directive in this matter. So that, that, so that also you have to think about Chizkiyahu or Melech who perceived that the time is ripe to get rid of this unnecessary encumbrance, even though it was originally made by Moshe Rabbeinu, even though it was originally directed by HaKadosh Baruch Hu to Moshe Rabbeinu, 
and used again and again to provide a, a, a cleaner space, a healthier space, a better way of doing it than than we had uh, than we had before. All of that, all of that was part of uh, the continuation. So you see, you see that even something that was the result of an ideological problem, B'nai Israel, they couldn't understand what they were doing in the desert. They didn't understand what the relationship between their uh, their, their travels and the promise made by Akadosh Baruch to Abu they couldn't understand how it got together, how these were two things that were important to the to the future of Am Yisrael. And in fact, what happened was the future of Am Yisrael, the future of Am Yisrael was uh, uh, actually defended by Kodesh Baruch Hu. But Esau went into Eretz Kedad. The first thing that happened was the miraculous defeat of the city of Yericho, which should have given them the strength to go on and probably did as far as Yoshua bin Nun was, was concerned. Finally, I want to remind you, finally, I want to remind you that, that when the Jews left Mitzrayim, the Amalekites attacked. Amalek attacked. Amalek is, uh, has a bad reputation, but, but we remember, we remember this. Hashem al Moshe, what are you going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? A pasuk yudalad, Vayom Hashem al Moshe, Kitozo Zigrom, the safe of his Simba's name, Yoshua ki machom ched zecher malek mitachat hashemayim. Now I want the previous pasuk yudbet. So Moshe Abenu and Aaron and Chur got up on the mountain and they held his, Moshe Abenu's hands up. And as when the uh, and the people were victorious, this is Moshe but Moshe Rabbeinu's arms got very tired, sitting there all the time. They let him sit down. Aaron and Chu were holding his arms up. Vet Boy, something that's worth thinking about. And his hands turned into emunah. Right? Faith. The faith of Am Yisrael was somehow connected to Moshe Rabbeinu's arms. Adva Hashemesh until day, the day ended and night fell. Okay. So says sometimes in order to have faith that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in charge of the world, you need an intermediary, you need something that you can connect to. So what B'nai Yisrael connected to in which HaKadosh Baruch Hu directed Moshe Rabbeinu to do is to hold his arms up. And B'nai Yisrael understood that the arms being held up were a matter of faith in the future. And therefore, if you have faith in the future, in the promise of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Amalekites cannot be victorious. They can't change that. 
So the intermediary in that case was Moshe Rabbeinu, the intermediary, the story that we that we have, that intermediary is uh, is the Nachash and the Choshet. One more point, if I may. The Rambam had doubts about the uh, the Korbanot. And he said sacrifices, you know, it's, that's what everybody did in those days. And it's because Hashem didn't want the people to copy uh, the Goyim, the, the non-Jews. Because, because of that, uh, we had our own Korbanot. After the Churban Beit HaMikdash, it would seem that uh, there's no reason now that the Avodah situation has changed in the world. doesn't seem to be a reason for us to reinstitute Korbanot. So you have a model for that from the Nachash HaNechoshet. Nachash HaNechoshet was of something sacred. It was something that Moshe Rabbeinu did in order to increase emunah, faith in the promise, right? And that emunah, that emunah was going to be uh, unique. But Chizkiyahu HaMelech came and said, we don't want intermediaries. And they're just causing us difficulty. So Chizkiyah said, let's get rid of the Nechash and And the manner that uh, the Rambam thought we might be able to get rid of the idea of Korbanot, etc. All the best. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Be well. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you so much, Rabbi. Thank you.